everybody kicking off another work week welcome to the roto grinders mlb morning grind i am justin carlucci here aka the luch filling in for stevie who is off today and i'm joined by my friend the chief will priester jumping on a baseball pod together buddy how's it going it's going well um definitely glad baseball is here um, i'm sure things will continue to normalize as we get more data for this season and more team data and it's a long grind, but I'm excited to have something fresh and new in our minds uh, with the end of NBA. Uh, NBA will just drag you down at the end of the season when you've got random guys in out last game of the season. You don't know if coaches are going to play them full games or not. You got, uh, you know, I got burned today with, with Sadiq Bay, uh, you know, took some first half stuff on him and, Dwayne Casey just decided, hey, not going to play that much, Sadiq, and uh, I, sh- I probably should have known better, but hey, that's on me. Anyway, that, that's NBA at the end of the season, so now we're getting something that's a little bit more stable in terms of MLB. Typically, the lineups are going to come out fairly early. You know who's in and out fairly early, so uh, really excited to just dig in and try to help as many people as we can. Yeah, a lot less stressful typically with, with MLB when you get them lineup cards two hours before log or the game locks, whenever, you know, big gap there. Sometimes we get 76ers news a minute after the game locks, you know, <laughs> so you don't have to deal with that. Not sometimes. That's that, that's a regular occurrence at least once or twice a year. The, 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 the only super volatile like thing to watch for is obviously with starting pitching and we'll talk about that. And uh, there was a condensed spring and some of these guys didn't ramp up to where they wanted to be or needed to be. And we've seen some shorter leashes on some starting pitching. And if you tune into any one of our fantastic Roto Grinders baseball productions or articles throughout the first couple of days of the season, uh, then you've definitely been in tune with some of that and how it's been affecting uh, DFS and, who's not worth paying up for and things like that. But in a couple of weeks, hopefully the ramp up quote unquote ramp up period will be behind us for these pitchers, but we're still the first turn through the rotation with these guys. We're going to be talking about for Monday's slate. So definitely still uh, very alert. And uh, we're going to see what's going on with some of these pitch counts and how far these guys have been stretched out chief. I mean, we've been, we've had a couple of days of baseball, anything surprised the hell out of you so far? Is there, like, is there anything that any big takeaways or any players specifically that uh, have caught in your attention? No, not really. I mean, I think everything has kind of been as it should. You know, we expected the Phillies to score some runs. You know, uh, I, think, I think we expected Toronto to look like Toronto. You know, you had Matt Chapman and, uh, you know, they, they did lose Marcus Simeon. I will say this. I don't think I think maybe. Texas is going to be an undervalued team early in the season. I mean, we saw them really score some runs, but when you get Marcus Simeon, you get Corey Seager, you had two good offensive players, you know, to your lineup. We saw what they could do. And it's not like, not that they were crushing the series, but 
they've been able to put up some runs. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway and, and overreaction, I'm going to call it what it is, overreaction from the first week that probably everybody may talk about is, are the Cubs really going to be this high strikeout team this year? Because Milwaukee, I know it was a short, you know, on, on short notice in terms of not a full tr- training camp, but Milwaukee had a pretty good pitching staff get rocked uh, pretty much every day of this series. So it's cold. I get it, it, it but it's still interesting. Cold should, should benefit the pitchers. We saw Woodruff get touched up. We <laughs> saw um, uh, Corbin Burns get touched up. We saw Peralta get touched up just a touch today. I, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I, that's all I'll say. It, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, you have Justin Steele balling out over the weekend. Predictably, the first homer in that opening game with the Cubs and the Brewers was Nico Horner, right? All the power yeah. on both teams, and it was Nico Horner that went yard. So of maybe, course. maybe it's a good omen for the Cubbies. Um, for me, uh, I, one of my late draft dart throws in my uh, Atlantic City auction league we do was Stephen Kwan. And uh, so far, I'm, I'm happy with that investment. What do you go, four for four today, <laughs> batting second for the Indians? So – uh, I'm happy with, with Stephen Kwan. I think we need to get him a nickname. Wow. Maybe maybe I uh, struck gold there with him. We'll see um, how he fits in with the Guardians. Anyway, Cleveland's not on the slate. We have a seven-game main slate tomorrow. And this is a big note here. The first game is 640 Eastern on the main slate. So not your typical 705 main slate lock time, folks. So make sure you adjust accordingly. I don't know what your routines are, if you're coming home from work, et cetera. 640 is the Oakland-Tampa Bay game. There is an early slate. We're not going to cover the early slate. We're going to talk about the main slate here on this pod. And that 640 lock time, uh, that's Oakland at Tampa Bay. Oakland took the uh, final game in the series against Philadelphia. Now they're going to travel to Tampa Bay. It looks like we're going to get Paul Blackburn, 6K on FanDuel. And uh, he's going to square up against Luis Patino, who's 6,800. Uh, on FanDuel as well. Pretty pretty good price there for Patino. Uh, of course, we don't know the leashes on all of these guys. Um, Paul Blackburn is typically just another guy. Doesn't strike anybody out. Strikes out 16% of lefties, just 13% of righties. Sinker ball pitcher, likes to keep the ball on the ground when he can. Uh, you know, this is typically not a guy on FanDuel that you target because he doesn't have any strikeout upside. Now, I don't have his DK price in front of me. I will open it up. But I guess he's puntable on DK. But, like, this is a guy you just don't play on FanDuel because she feels not strike anybody out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I agree 100%. It's just the name of the game in pitching. This, this isn't – I'm just driving your point home, right? The name of the game is strikeouts. And I, and I, think, I think even the sports books, if you were to look it up, if it's out right now, I have not looked, I promise. It's probably at three and a half. I don't think it's past that four and a half would be a stretch. I think so. I'm with you. I just, he sits on the shelf. He does. He does. Um, yeah. A lot of props earlier today for, you know, I was like digging through some stuff and uh, wrote some stuff up for scores and uh, We have a great baseball team over there at scores and odds, by the way. So check us out there at scores and You'll see a bunch of the RG experts also post some good game size totals and prop picks. Uh, for MLB season. And of course, Grant does a daily live show, Grant Niefer, our very own, 
uh, called Live Lock Sports Betting with Grant Neath for two o'clock Eastern every day. It's free over there. Really high quality stuff from Grant, uh, who has a bunch of frequent guests on the show. But yeah, so on the flip side, we have Patino. And, you know, young guy, Tampa Bay typically does wonders with young pitchers, right? So uh, what are your thoughts on Patino in this matchup? Oakland is a team that, you know, that, that they're totally blew it up. Rebuild mode, have a bunch of guys with decent K rates in that lineup. It, it's, it's targetable. Yeah, on paper, uh, you know, Oakland should be not really good offensively, at least in terms of K rates, right? Especially if you're looking at – if you're pulling up a plate IQ while you're listening to the pod, you, you will see that these guys – I mean, the K rates are up there, all, all up and down this lineup. Uh, for me, I, I think, you know, does Patino at 7,800, will he have a long enough leash to get you where we need to be? And honestly, my answer is no. I, at 7,800, I, I mean, I don't mind it, but I don't think he's one of those guys where I don't, I don't think he goes past 65 pitches. I could be wrong, right? I, I could absolutely be wrong. I don't think he goes past 65 pitches. And as a result, I think I'd just rather go in a, in, in a different direction. Like, and, and, you know, what we're going to see very quickly that, that direction may not be as, as good as we think. He, he he has a good matchup, and you know, and that's kind of where I'm at. But all in all, I'm just I'm not thrilled about Patino overall. Is the matchup great? Yes. I just I'm really afraid he could end with eight fantasy points because of because of the pitch count, and that, that's probably something we're going to have to address here for for everybody. I just I just got. At least I've got at least two guys that I feel okay about in what I consider to be okay spots. Yeah. So Patino had two spring starts. Uh, he pitched two innings against Atlanta. Only needed nine pitches for those two innings. Uh, and then against the Phillies on April 6th, he threw 38 pitches, got roughed up a little bit there. But yeah, I mean, he didn't even crack 50 pitches in this in this short spring. So I think the 65 pitch mark is is a fair assessment. Tampa Bay is a team that is not afraid to go to the bullpen and do funky stuff, as we know. So uh, I I agree. The talent's there for Patino. Oakland's a fantastic matchup. Uh, They rolled out seven guys on Sunday who had a K rate above 20%. I mean, these guys are going to strike out, but we don't know what the leash is. That makes it hard. You know, if we're talking about this matchup in June, same price point, you know, he might be the play, right? Um, right? Right. But right now, you know, he could pitch four innings and not be eligible for a win or a quality start. And that, that, that's the problem there. So um, <clears throat> great matchup, good talent. We don't know about the leash here. So like, I can't prioritize him either. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I doubt you'll have a ton, ton of interest in bats from Oakland. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Do you like anybody in this game collectively? How about on Tampa Bay side? Though? No, I mean, so – Tampa Bay, I, I'm probably a lot more interested with Blackburn on the mound now. Here's the other thing. I'm not expecting Blackburn to get rocked. I am expecting them to give up some runs, right? I, I, I don't think they're going to rattle off like six in the first inning on them. I, but they could. They could. I, I'm just – I'm not expecting that. Um, but, you know, this is a guy I talked about yesterday on uh, – on the uh, on crunch time, and you know he was able to come through for us. And that's, that's Brandon 
Lau. Uh, you know, I, 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 he is fifty four hundred. You're going to have to pay pay the price for him. But when weather isn't going to be great across the country in most places for these games, I don't mind getting him in. You know what we consider a pitcher's part, but a controlled environment also, right? So you know, Brandon Lau is is on the list. Um, you know, I don't even hate. Uh, righty, righty, Randy, uh, Rosarina, like he's another guy that's got some pop. So, you know, those are the type, type of things I want to look at when I'm kind of uh, trying, trying to put my teams together. Uh, but Brandon, Brandon Lau is, is definitely going to be uh, a favorite of mine. Wanda Franco, I don't hate him either. He's 5,300. Um, you know, switch here. He's just a guy who's going to churn fantasy points, right? Doesn't have to hit a home run. Uh, if he does, great, but he doesn't have to. Uh, but I, I like him as well. I have similar thoughts. I had in my notes that I was okay with a secondary stack here or a couple of one-offs. Uh, I love Franco. I'm FanDuel 3,500. Small-ish sample size, but he actually faced a decent chunk of uh, righty sinkers last year. And uh, he crushed them. 304 ISO, uh, 428 Woba, 50% hard hit against sinkers. And Blackburn is a sinker ball pitcher. We know he's not going to miss bats. The ball's going to get put in play. Um, is it going to stay on the ground? I don't know. But Franco, for me, looks like the best matchup here. Uh, Josh Lowe, rookie, same name, same last name as Brandon, but I think it pronounced it differently. Uh, Josh yeah. Lowe is one of their most coveted prospects. He's 2,600 on FanDuel. I don't mind going there at all. Um, so I, I think those are my two favorite rays tomorrow. Agree. I, I don't know if I'm going to go full stack, but I do like some of those pieces. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. How about we go to New York at Philadelphia? Another game before 7 Eastern on a Monday. 6.45 first pitch. So it's not like we have one island game here with the schedule. We have two before the typical 7.05, you know, first lock kind of thing. We have Ranger Suarez uh, and Taiwan Walker scheduled to duel it out here. Uh, last year was a tale of two halves for Taiwan Walker. It was great in the first half. Advanced stuff showed he was getting pretty lucky. Second half, the wheels came off. And uh, I, was a Taiwan, <laughs> I was a Taiwan Walker season-long owner, and I, tr- I could not sell him high for the life of me to anybody else in the league. So his Wheels list, came off. <laughs> the wheels came off, man. So here's the thing. Uh, Walker is kind of a boomer bust guy. He's 7,600 on FanDuel. I, I, I don't hate the thought of large field, like going there for large field stuff. If he can get, you know, through six innings and maybe we don't get a ceiling game from uh, Manoa all the way up top and we'll get to him. There's just not elite talent anywhere on this main slate, uh, you know, pitching wise chief and, uh, you're going to have to go contrarian somewhere. I'm not, I'm not like lobbying to go crazy overweight on Taiwan Walker, but at his price point on FanDuel, I, I think like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the worst thought to, to try to go there. On the flip side, I would definitely hedge myself with having some Philly stacks here. Um, you know, obviously they had a lot of offseason hype and they've been hitting the ball pretty damn well as advertised the first couple of days of the season. Um he did. Walker did throw 54 pitches in one of his spring training starts, so that's a good sign in terms of what the leash could be. I mean, if a guy throws 54 in the spring with the way things are going, I mean, if he's cruising, could he get 70, 75? I, th- I think that's fair. 
uh, to maybe speculate on. Uh, however, a, ver- a terrifying uh, indicator here. Listen, Walker had a really bad second half, and he's not missing any bats in the spring. He threw six and a third innings, only struck out two guys in the spring. Obviously, we're talking about a baby sample size here, but there was no like uh, encouraging indicator that maybe he figured some stuff out. So, uh, you know, as much as I'm saying, if he gets, if he has well, a little bit of a luckier outlier game, I like the price on Walker, but I will for sure be invested in multi-enter builds with having some Philly stacks on Monday. Yeah, for sure. I'm not touching Walker, so. That's fair. That's fair. Hop on over to the next question. I'm talking like if you have like a couple entries in the biggest large field tournament. I'm, eh, I'm not know. even playing them at large field. Like Tyron Walker's getting the X play. Well, who who's going to do the damage for the Phillies? Who are you targeting on the Phillies? Uh, There's a full stack situation for you. Uh, I don't know if I'm full stack mode, and I'm never really. <sighs> I do stack a lot, right? I am going to always stack. But Philly is probably more of a secondary stack, even though I don't want to play Walker. Um, that, that's just kind of where, where I'm at currently. But, you know, if, if, if I'm going to get some guys in the lineup, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any way, right? If, if I'm playing Philly today, I don't think there's any way I don't get me a little piece of JT Real Muto. Uh, just because at 4,600, you're spinning up at catcher. Most people don't want to do that, right? They want to punt the position. And I don't think there's anything wrong with punting. I, I think punting is fine. But JT's 46, and Nick Castellanos is 56, right? JT's 46, Reese Hoskins is 52. Like, that, to me, that's a really big disparity in pricing because he's got the C tag, which is catcher, but he's as equally as good as <laughs> these two guys and they're both priced at least 600 above him. Uh, I, I really like JT today. Uh, you know, uh, Gene Segura is 4,400. Like I, I'd be mixing in Gene and JT with some of these other guys to kind of help mitigate. I don't know if I play Castellanos and Hoskins. I'm not saying I, I won't. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know at the moment, but Gene Segura and, and, uh, JT Real Muto, love both of those plays. Yeah, I, I have interest in the Phillies too. Uh, Walker's ex-fip was over five last year. Um, so he can definitely get hit, and he definitely was getting lucky for most of that season. Um, so his, like, quote-unquote out pitch, if he gets anybody out on Monday, uh, is his slider. Um, throws a lot of sliders to righty specifically. Um I know, I know this is a lefty righty thing and Walker's a little bit reversey. I just don't think Walker's is very good, but he could have one of these outlier lucky games at that price. However, at Harper, I like Bryce a lot. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you mentioned the rest of the stack there at the end of the show. We'll, we'll talk about our favorite stacks. Uh, I, I, I know you said secondary stack and on a site like FanDuel where like no one wants to play catchers, you can get good ownership and good leverage by rostering a couple of catchers. Now there's only, there's not a lot of great catchers in the, in, in the league or anybody with enough power that you want a one-off, but Real Muto is a guy that can fill it up. And I really like that call, especially on FanDuel, where you don't have to put a catcher in your lineup. So I think Real Muto is a great tournament option here to look at. Um, Ranger Suarez, he's on the flip side of this. Uh, the Mets have a 
great lineup up and down as well. Uh, Suarez, you know, they weren't sure what they had in him. He was used in a lot of different roles. And then he ended up becoming a pretty damn good starting pitcher when it was all said and done. Um, let's see here. There were some issues with him getting into the country a little bit late in the spring. And it looks like they got that figured out. So he had two spring starts. He threw, he topped out at 43 pitches was the most that he threw. Are you worried about workload with Suarez? He is 9,600 on FanDuel. Uh, you know, what's your worry meter at with him and his leash? Oof. 9,600 is a, is a, that's a big price to pay um, for someone that's going to have a leash. The problem is everybody probably almost has a leash. And so it's just, it's trying to balance that out. Right. Um, and now I'm going to talk through this with you. I, I like Ranger Suarez, but I don't love Ranger Suarez. The Mets have tried to build a championship contender. And while maybe they're not scoring, you know, seven, eight runs a game right now, like this team has quality hitting pretty much through the whole lineup at this point, right? You got Brandon Nemo's probably going to, well, I don't know. You think, yeah, Nemo should still play today, I think. Maybe they sit McNeil. I'm just trying to think through the, the lefties in, in that lineup. But you know Eduardo Escobar is going to play. Lindor is going to play. Pete Alonso is going to play. J.D. Davis will probably play today. Um, uh, Marte is definitely going to play. So, I mean, that's this is not going to be an easy spot for him like it would have been last year when they were just kind of throwing guys out. I, I'm, I don't hate Suarez, but this is probably going to be a wait and see spot for me with him. I think I think I agree with you. Um, the price, the the leash we don't know about, and and the tough matchup. Uh, you know, everybody that isn't a Mets fan likes to bash the Mets a little bit, but this lineup is is filthy. The Mets have a a ton of talent, and uh, you know, eighty nine hundred on DK. It looks like he is the fourth most expensive pitcher on DK. Don't just don't know if I can go there. Uh, weird slate, not a ton of pitching, but I just don't feel like there's a, a spot to really invest in Suarez. We know the talent's there, you know, but I don't know. It seems like this might be like a 70 pitch day for him, right? Like that's, that's my best guess gut feeling here. Uh, you know, if the Mets work the count a little bit there, another guy, I guess I'm kind of worried about getting into that, like sixth inning potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't. I, and I will say this. I don't, I don't I also don't want to stack the Mets, but I will one off the Mets. If that makes sense. Like Peter Alonzo can get a hold of anybody. I'll play him. Um, Eduardo Escobar can get a hold of anybody. I'll play him. You know, um, JD, JD's not really a home run hitter, but you know, Lindor could get a hold of one. Mark Connor. See, that's another guy that we, that I didn't mention has just a quality hitter, right? Like, He's a tough out, and he's got a little bit of power. Like, the Mets the Mets have a quality roster. I just – I don't think I want to stack them, but but I will one-off some Mets here for sure. Suarez might have been one of the most underappreciated pitchers in baseball last year. I mean, his numbers are fantastic. Um, strikes out not 29% of lefties, 22% of righties, which is still respectable. Um, the ISO numbers, the WOBA – 
you know, limits fly balls, keeps the ball on the ground. I mean, he had a 70% ground ball rate against lefties and a 54% ground ball rate against righties last season. Morris has been really good. Um, all things considered, price, questionable workload. It makes it hard to target him, though, this turn through the rotation. And it makes it hard to really want to stack the Mets. But I agree with you. I'm okay with some of these guys. I can get it done in one swing. Marte's got the speed, does it all. Uh, great pickup for them. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I like the Mets pieces. I like the Phillies a lot. And uh, Suarez is, as of now, probably going to be a pass for me on Monday. Yeah. And that's not a knock on his talent because he's really good. Um, we'll move on here to the next game on the slate. Might see some firepower in this one. Toronto at New York. There's our 705 Eastern first pitch. Alec Manoa was sensational last year when he came to the bigs and has nasty stuff. And he's going to take the Yankees, who are uh, currently trailing on Sunday night baseball. So I am so glad they figured out all of the whole vaccination stuff with AL East and travel into Canada. And uh, the whole thing in New York, we're fortunate to not have to deal with that headache. Anyway, Manoa is the most expensive pitcher on this slate, all the way up at 9,900, and he draws a road matchup with the Yankees. What's your initial reaction? Uh, that's FanDuel pricing, by the way. On DK, he's 10-2. Talk to me here, Chief. Yeah, I don't like it a lot, but um, he may be you know, one of the – more reliable hitters like while the Yankees can hit they can also strike out so I don't I don't mind a little bit of Manoa um you know if you had to ask me straight up you know who, who do we feel like has the most strikeout upside right on this slate in a let's say a, a normal situation it's probably Alec Manoa and so as a result, I, I feel like I'm going to have to do that. Now, I do have some feelings about Alex Wood, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, if you had to ask me straight up right now, especially on the one-pitcher site, um, I definitely feel like it's Alec Manoa. You just get him in. I think he's got the best shot at a win um, with, with the offensive firepower behind him. Um and, and I wish I knew where his, where his K prop was right now. I'm going to assume his is coming in at five and a half. Like, you know, most of the guys that can go six innings, get six Ks have kind of been coming around five and a half. Most of your higher strikeout pitchers like Scherzer, Bieber, uh, Garrett Cole, they've come in early in the season at six and a half because I think they figured they weren't going to play a lot. And then most of your mid-range guys like Alex Wood, uh, you know, and Ranger Suarez really did have some stuff last season, but – my assumption is he comes in at maybe four and a half. Like he's kind of in that next tier down. So, so Manoa is probably going to come in at five and a half. And I think that's right where it should be just in case he doesn't, he goes 80 pitches and not 95. So all in all, I, I do think Manoa's the best option on the slate for now. I agree. Like for me, it's Manoa over Suarez. Manoa threw 66 pitches in his last spring start, which is a lot for a spring start. Like, he's one of the more stretched out guys. So, I mean. Yes, he probably gets up to. 85? I, if he's I, 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 I was going to say 80. Okay. So, 
and, and I think it's I think it's like a teeter totter line, right? Like, okay, if if you get through five innings and you're at seventy, then we're kind of like, do we bring him out? Do we let him stay in the bull? Uh, do we bring him back out or do we shut him down? If you're at sixty five pitches through five for whatever reason, you get you get a couple one pitch ground outs or one pitch fly outs, which balances out the pitch count. Now we're probably getting into the six inning category where he's got a shot at six six Ks. That's kind of my read on on Alec Manoa. Um, I, I honestly, I, I think here's here's my read on what I think actually happens versus like the perfect world scenario. Because what I gave you just now was perfect world. I think he probably goes about seventy eight pitches five innings through five innings seventy eight to eighty pitches through five innings. Because I definitely think he's probably going to walk one or two guys that he shouldn't. It's just first game, you know, of the season. I, I think he goes for five to six Ks, and uh, and I think he goes five. That, that's that's my honest reaction. But I think he's good enough to not give up any runs, and that that's and that's volatile. I know, but if you're going to pay up for the guy, like that's what I have to be thinking about. Like, is he good enough to get through five clean? And I think the answer is yes. Is, is it enough ceiling on this slate? I mean, with this slate, like half the pitchers could just get destroyed, right? I mean, it's, it's very possible. Um, or did did you look at the DraftKings app earlier today where all the pitchers were in the negative? <laughs> it, it was insane. Yeah. I, I mean, it. they didn't all finish in the negative, but yeah. So Manoa throws his slider a lot. 34% of the time to righties. Listen, Josh Donaldson leading off, 38% whiff to sliders. Judge and Stanton in the middle have whiff percentages to righty sliders over 40%. And, of course, anytime Joey Gallo's in the lineup, he's always a candidate to Golden Sombrero as well. So I, I think the fact that, you know, if this lineup that the Yankees rolled out, I know, uh, you know, Trevino played, but, like, most of it was intact. Like, yeah, there's some K upside here with the Yankees. And this has been a drag it out series with the Red Sox too, coming off against Sunday night baseball. I- I'm willing to have shares Manoa and play this upside. I mean, you know, if he strikes out eight guys in five to six innings, uh, you know, there's, there's a scenario where that's enough. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. So I do like Manoa. I'm glad he got ramped up to 66 pitches. And uh, I do think the, like you said, there's K upside in this lineup and it, you know, it, it caters to kind of Manoa's pitch arsenal, using that slider as his out pitch. So I think that's really interesting. It, you know, especially as Donaldson leads off and, and Judge and Stanton and Gallo are all in the lineup, I like Manoa, um, which sounds funny, right? But I'm playing the K upside here. So I do like Manoa. Uh, you know, on the flip side of this game, we have Jamison Tyon. Um, and then we'll get into the bats uh, for both sides. But – Tyon, uh, let's see, he is 8K on DK and 83 on FanDuel. Boy, the Yankees gave up quite a bit to get him, and he has just, you know, been mediocre in my opinion. There's that. Uh, very worried about Tyon's workload. Didn't crack 50 pitches in either spring training start. That, that's, that's a bad indicator for me. Uh, I know his price is fair, but he I'm worried about his workload here uh, for sure. 
Um, what are your thoughts about Tyon in this one, Chief? Yeah, I mean, we got to play somebody. Uh, I don't want to play him, though. I mean, he's facing, you know, probably out of, out of the gates, I would say, maybe between, honestly, and look, way too early. I'm just saying in terms of offensive performances that we've seen uh, here recently, right? Um, it seems like St. Louis and the Cubs have been fairly consistent, right, in terms of scoring runs. Cubs lost today, but they've been scoring runs, right? Um, you know, we talk about um, Toronto. They, they've been scoring runs, right? Uh, the Phillies have been scoring some runs. The Cardinals, I think I already mentioned the Cardinals. Um, Astros scored 13 runs kind of right out of the gate. The, the, oh, and the Rangers, they scored 12 runs. The Twins have been scoring runs. Why am I bringing this up? The Blue Jays are right there with some of these other teams scoring runs. Cleveland did score 17 runs today, but, I mean, they were facing Chris Bubbick. So, I, you know, we'll, we'll overlook that. But my point is limited tie-on, uh, probably going to leave the game early, facing one of the better offenses in the league. I've got to leave them on the shelf. I am very worried about the Yankees tomorrow on Monday. Love, we're going to segue into the bats here. The Yankees bullpen, we're two and a half games in the season, and they are waist deep in their bullpen arms. Jordan Montgomery, what did he pitch? Three and two thirds innings on Sunday? Yeah. So they're deep into the bullpen again. Um, So check out what happened to them Saturday night, right? How many pitchers did they use Saturday? Severino threw three innings. They brought in the kid from Tom's River to pitch an inning. Castro pitched an inning. Uh, Luke Gay pitched an inning. Chad Green pitched an inning. Clay Holmes pitched. And Harold Chapman pitched. I mean, they're in trouble. Like, if if um, if Tyon gets roughed up or gets yanked early, like, how many of those guys do you want to use again? I know they had a one day off. But not only have the starters not ramped up, but I know it sounds funny for relievers because they pitch a lot less, but you know, they're still not up to speed either with their throwing programs typically at this point either. So I really like the Blue Jays uh, across the board. And I know they have a ton of great hitters and that's kind of a cop out, but not really. I don't know where they're going to fall in in terms of popularity, but uh, the Blue Jays make a lot of sense to me. Tyon's potential short leash didn't get to ramp up. Um, you can play the Blue Jays on pretty much any slate. They can kind of go off on any slate as it is. Uh, and you're, you're a tired Yankees team who is, is so deep into their bullpen over the first weekend of the year. I, I, I think you can make a place a case to play these Blue Jays and stack them any which way on Monday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you can afford them, and you very well may be able to, because pitching is probably going to be where you, you, you almost just plug it in last and just kind of see what happens. So, yeah, um, yeah I – I'm, I'm not going to argue with the Blue Jays. I don't think we have to sell you on the Blue Jays. Really good hitting team so far. And they were a good hitting team last year. Just just couldn't get through the playoffs. So uh, I'm with you. I think this is a spot where you probably just kind of look at some historical data in terms of, you know, Tyon's kind of main pitch. Because Tyon's pretty much – he's still young, but I do think he's about as close to who he's going to be from a from a pitch mix perspective so 
you kind of identify that pitch mix and go from there and just go home run hunting or, you know, looking at the guys, okay, who, who do we feel like has the best odds to get us there and, and go from there? Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Um, streaky pitcher, uh, threw a bunch of throws, 37% of sinkers to lefties last year. Um, wants to get the ball on the ground, knuckle curve guy as well. Um, but yeah, I, I like these Blue Jays, like Chief said, we don't really have to sell you on them. But, uh, you know, for a team who, who's used a lot of pitchers already in the Yankees, I, um, I like Toronto's odds of at least having a couple guys that are optimal on this slate, uh, stick wise here. Anything else on this side? Do you want to talk about any other hitters? Anybody on the Yankees? Is there anybody you play from the Yankees against Manoa? Anybody, any price sticking out to you? I, I will say one guy in Toronto, we talked about the catcher thing on FanDuel is uh, Kirk is really cheap and a guy who has some raw power. And I'm assuming on FanDuel, uh, Alejandro Kirk will be like next to not owned at all. So um, I think you can still find some contrarian looks even on a team like Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Should we go into the next one? The next one, my brother. Can I, add, can I add this in quick? Sure. As of now, there's not any whopping totals here. There's no double-digit game totals. Um, I'm looking at my CBS app, and tell me if you're seeing this. I see a seven-run total for this game. And I want to make sure that's right. But that's interesting. That would be by far the lowest total on the slate if that's right. Let me open up a sports book quick. But uh, you can talk about your home team a little bit here, too. Well, I mean, you know, the Braves today. Um, so we get Washington. And, you know, division game. I'm not really worried about the spot so much. Um, you know, Josh Rogers has, you know, been a guy that's been okay, right? I'm so sorry, guys. Excuse me. Please, please forgive me here. He's a guy that's been okay, but he's not some elite pitcher that, I, that I'm worried about. And the Braves are going to heat up at some point. I'm stacking the Braves today, period. But I know we're talking about, about Josh Rogers, who at 6,300 could be serviceable in this spot, right? Especially with, with everybody just kind of probably being on limited pitch counts mostly. Um, but I don't care. Uh, I, I am stacking the Braves, probably going to fade Rogers. Um, I've got another cheap pitcher that I think I will throw in the hat um, versus versus trying to play Josh Rogers. I don't see a total anywhere else other than my my stupid CBS app that I had open. Um, so I don't know if that total is accurate. There's I don't see it on either of the major sports books. I don't see it on scores and odds. So uh, bear with me on that total. Don't think that seven number was accurate. Uh, yeah, I mean he's so Anibal Sanchez. Uh, is the doubtful to pitch, you know, that's where the Josh Rogers thing comes into the conversation. Uh, totally understand it. You Homer. I know you want to stack the break. I'm just kidding. They're going to be a popular stack and, and rightfully so. Um, what can you tell me about, you Noah on the bump over there for the Braves? I mean, I like, you Noah, right. You look at the price, and this is specifically DK at this point, okay? He's 8,600. It's not like I don't think we can play him 
to me, he's kind of in the same boat as Ranger Suarez. Like, they're both really good pitchers. They're about the same price on DK. I feel like I would side with Yanoa here. But I still think he's overpriced for the production he would get. So if I had to choose between Yanoa and Luis Patino, I don't want to play Patino. But Patino has, like, one of the best spots on the slate. I'd just rather drop down to him. So if DK Patino is absolutely probably going to be more valuable than FanDuel. Um, but th- that's why I just can't get behind the tie-on and the walker and Yanoa and Suarez. I feel like they're all probably going to have limited pitch counts, you know, somewhere in the 70 range. And we're probably going to get, you know, like I said, Patina around Patino, excuse me, around that with what I feel like is a better matchup and a better ballpark. I do not want to play Patino, but, you know, nobody's really safe here right now. I agree. A bigger pricing discrepancy on FanDuel where you know is 8,600 and Patino is 6,800. So that's a different conversation than on DraftKings where Patino is 7,800 and you know is 8,600. So, a little bit bigger of a gap in price there. Uh, you know what, Chief? I had to say it. You know what? Pitched through no more than 35 pitches in either of his two spring training starts. So that's a little worrisome as well in terms of workload. I just can't fathom paying 86 for him when I, you know, you said 70 pitches maybe tops. And I think that's fair. I think that's a really good guess here. Um so, yeah, like I want the guys who are stretched out a little more um, or guys who could just cruise. I mean, like opening day, we saw Wainwright who could just cruise, right? Like he pitches to contact typically, but he keeps the ball on the ground. And this is the point of the season where, you know, if you can get guys that eat innings and avoid damage, you might be in decent shape. Uh, it's tough to, to pay the price for some of these guys when you don't know the workload. So I agree with you. Um bats in this game i know you mentioned the braves and you said you're stacking the braves who who are you have any favorite pieces specifically here uh it, it honestly it's really just just full stacking it here um i'm trying to catch the braves before they go on this this little run that they're going to do um you know i'm always going to be interested in eddie rosario just because typically he's going to be a little bit cheaper but the, you know this guy can hit 4,400. We've got Marcelo Zuna at 3,800. Like, this is a good spot, I think, for the Braves. Um, and they'll probably go overlooked, even though it's a seven-game slate. So, re- really like these guys here. Yeah. Um, Yadiel Hernandez started Sunday, just worth noting. I don't know if Wayne Thomas will miss again. Uh, he's 2K flat on FanDuel. Um Actually, on FanDuel right now, I wish I could take a screenshot of it. They don't even have his first name in the database. It just says Hernandez, outfield. They didn't even give him a first name. That's crazy. Uh, he's min price, so I guess just watch to see, uh, you know, if he's back in the lineup just on the national side of things. Yeah, what, where's Juan Soto's ownership going to come in, do you think, in, in the grand scheme of things here? Um, you know, it doesn't seem like an amazing matchup. And, you know, we're on a slate here where he is the highest-priced outfielder, um, but it's a Trout-Otani slate, and you have some of these Phillies, um, you know. Where do you think Soto comes in here? He's the most expensive outfielder on FanDuel. Um, 
maybe 10%. It's a seven-game slate. Maybe maybe even 15. People know he's a good hitter. He, he To me, he's always like the ultimate one-off play. Like he could absolutely have scored 25 fantasy points, FanDuel scoring, or like around 16 to 18 DK scoring, and everybody else on Washington does nothing. It's, it's, I mean, it's true. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't full stack Washington, but I like some of the pieces, you know, the power pieces there. And anytime, anytime you can get Soto when he's sub 15%, we're guessing here, but uh, yeah, then, then you got to rethink things and see if you want to be aggressive for tournaments here. Um, I'm with you on the brave stack. We will rank our favorite stacks at the end of the show, but I feel like we're going to agree that they're both going to be up there. Um, you know, weather pending and everything. Well, I'll save the the meteorology talk to Kevin Roth because he's so much better. Uh, that's his job. That's what he does. And who am I? I'm, I'm not a weatherman. I'm, I'm just here to talk. So um, we'll save that. And he does an awesome job. If you haven't been uh, rocking with Kevin Roth's forecasting and the weather edge at Roto Grinders, listen, nobody's perfect. And Mother Nature is impossible to predict 100% of the time. But, man, Roth is so good at his job, Chief. He's yeah. fantastic at it. Um, all right, cool. So we like the Braves. We like Soto uh, as a contrarian piece. And we'll move on to the 740 Eastern game, Seattle at Minnesota here. Uh, Seattle team that did a lot of stuff in the offseason as well. They're going to send out Chris Flexen, though, another guy who, you know, doesn't miss a ton of bats, et cetera. And on the Chris flex is overpriced. I'm, I'm not. Come on. We need to stop it. Why is he 9,600 on this slate? Why is he 7K on FanDuel and 96 on DK? Can you tell? Yeah, do we have an answer for that? Nope. The answer is no. I'm not playing him. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you hit the X button on DK. Now, you got to. You got to, man. Can we, can we leave the 7K FanDuel conversation on the table, though? And what are your thoughts with that? <sighs> I can't do it. <laughs> I just, I don't. Okay. I, I take that back at seven K. I don't mind Chris Flexen. Let, let's go with that. It's an ugly slate, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, Flexen had an X fit over five in 2021 as well. Um, doesn't strike anybody out either. Struck out 16% of lefties and 15% of righties. Uh, gets hit hard, hard hit percentage is, uh, is legit, but he likes to keep, you know, likes to keep the ball on the ground, you know, kind of like a macro similar profile of Paul Blackburn. He just might be a little bit better, you know, wants to do the same thing here. Um, I'll have to look and see how, what he got stretched out to in the spring. Um, only cause I'm fans will like, he could be the, in um, and, and the perfect storm, he could be the guy that seven K and gets a quality start gets a couple one, two, three innings with the ground ball. And I know we're chasing K upside, but you know, if Manoa, if Manoa fails and Suarez fails, it's like there aren't a ton of other places to go on this one, chief. That's the only reason I'm really talking about Chris Flexen on any fan duel slate. And when everybody gets ramped up in a month or two, I promise I'll never mention him again, but. Um, I can't play Flexen over Lewis Patino. Like see, that's, that's my issue. It's like, I agree. There, there, there's all these guys in these random spots and, you know, on the other side of this game, I can't play Flexen over Dylan Bundy. Bundy's got more strikeout stuff than Flexen. Let's talk about Bundy. We're going there next. Talk to me about Bundy. I mean, he's 6,300 on FanDuel, and that's what I was saying on DK. 
But Bundy's Bundy might be the highest on pitcher on DK at fifty six hundred. He's he's fifty six hundred. Like he's less than all of the top hitters on the slate, or the, the really big guns you want to play like Vlad and you know Harper. Like he's cheaper than all of those guys. And a lot of respect for Seattle. I, I think they've got a well built team. Not a lot of star power, right? Not a lot of star power, but a well built team. You know, you look at these hitters, Jesse Winker's there, Mitch Hanniger, uh, Suarez, like Adam Frazier, who, you know, is just kind of a uh, a solid guy. They've got some guys, right? But I still think Dylan Bundy, there's a path where things go really well for him in this spot. Uh, you know, I he's too cheap on DK, and he'll probably be popular, and I and I understand it. Uh, you know, he had a decent spring from what we saw. He flashed some K stuff here and there. He didn't throw more than 37 pitches, but, like, we're in day, what, four of the season, five of the season. And if I, you know, I'd rather play a, a couple of cheap guys who can get there in one of these paths you're talking about than have to worry about investing in a Ranger Suarez who might be capped um, who's 4K more expensive than him kind of thing. Uh, I'm with you. You know, Bundy just really never put it together, and he got out of Baltimore, and he was still really bad in Anaheim. Um, he didn't pitch in September last year, but his his month of August last year, Chief, was, like, by far his best month. The last time he pitched, he actually he had he was terrible all season. But he had decent numbers in August. So, I don't know. Is it possible maybe he found something? Maybe. Maybe. Um backtracking the flexing i know he doesn't whip anybody but man i mean you look at that lineup in minnesota now with the addition of gary sanchez who strikes out a lot too i mean there, there's room for him to strike out another guy or two than he typically would you know if, if minnesota rolls out something similar than what they did on sunday you have sano who has a 37 percent k rate against righties uh Sanchez who has a 30 30% chance 30% K rate against righties excuse me uh and Ryan Jeffers 37% K rate against righties uh Buxton strikes out a lot like there's guys in this lineup who okay I know that Flexen doesn't miss bats a lot uh but I, <laughs> it's it's these are tournament plays Flexen and Bundy in my opinion but there there are paths on this trash slate that they could both maybe get there man <laughs> there really are um both terrifying options though but like like you said what's safe on this slate in terms of pitchers I, because of the pricing of some of these guys and the workloads of them i don't think anybody's safe so i'm okay with throwing a couple gpp plays here like bundy and flexing yeah i mean i'm not playing flexing i don't think I, I would not play him on drafting. I should say for FanDuel, I can get behind. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But not, don't do well, it on, on DK, DK though. It's all, all aboard the Bundy train. And, he, and guess what? I'm not even looking for 10 fantasy points from Bundy. I'm looking for like eight. Just get, get me to eight at 5,600, and I'm, I'm down. Because, because this allows me to play all the big bats. And, and I might not even have to stack, right? I might can just say, okay. Who looks good for a home run today? Oh, you look good. Yeah, let's get that one. You look good. Hey, you get a home run. You get a home run. You get a home run. 
<laughs> Jam them in home run lineups. Seriously. They're not going to work every time, but when they do, boy, oh, boy. You get a home run. You get a home run. You get a home run. Speaking of home runs, listen, these guys are very volatile. Bats in this game. If you're not pitching one of these guys, um, and if I multi-enter, I probably have exposure to the pitchers and the hitters separately, of course. Anybody catching your attention here? Uh, you, you know, you rattled off some of the M's and how Jesse Winker's in town now. Uh, what, what are you looking at in this one on the offensive side? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you're doing. You're home run hunting. Like I said, I, you know, I think you can play a one-off Winker against Bundy. You can play a one-off Hanniger against Bundy um, if you want to go there. And then with flexing, I mean, kind of the same thing. I know you talked about liking him a little bit more on uh, on FanDuel, of course, than the you did on DraftKings. But, you know, same scenario. you got Max Kepler, who, you know, should play. You've got um, Jorge Polanco. You've got Carlos Correa there now. I mean, Gary the Goat Sanchez, a catcher, cheap catchers. So many options. So I'm behind you, man. I'm behind you or behind stacking against flexing as well. There's Not some, a full stack, just a one-off or two. There's some cheap, cheap, cheap bats in this game. And I'm thinking if you're paying up, I think like a popular roster construction will be, it, you know, if you're paying up for Manoa or whatever, like you're probably going to get some value here and, and hope one of these pitchers are indeed bad again on Monday. Um, listen, I, I know he strikes out a ton, but, Sano is only 2200 on FanDuel. That's that's messed up. Uh, yeah. So he, he's super cheap. Um, you know, like both sides of this game, Adam Frazier, 2400. I mean, he's a guy I probably want in stacks only, though, because he doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, same thing with Luis Arias. I mean, 2400, again, a guy who I want in stacks, but not one off. Uh, Wonderboy Julio Rodriguez getting called up to the show, 2400. Uh, you know, as much as we, you know, we, we kind of like, poke fun at Gary Sanchez because he strikes out a lot. 2,500. I mean, you talk about being a cheap catcher on DK. There are sneaky catchers with power upside on this kind of small slate, you know, where you don't have to play a catcher on FanDuel. Real Muto's in a great spot. Gary Sanchez has, you know, Chris Flexen, who as much as I'm considering playing, I want exposure to both sides. So, um, of course, you have, uh, you know, Kepler and Kirillovs, both well under 3K as well. Uh, cheap guys in this game. This, this is a, a good value game. I, I'm with you. Um, what are your thoughts on Correa? 3,400 on FanDuel. Um, I like it. Yeah. I like it. 51 on DK. I mean, you're really, uh, you're really paying for him on DK, but he's cheap on FanDuel. Uh, all right. Anything else from this game? Or do you want to bring us into the next one, which is Miami at LA? Yeah. Miami at LA. I mean, this should be another one where, you know, we're, we're, we're hunting for pitching, and um, I, I don't hate Eliezer <laughs> Hernandez. I, I don't hate it. And I, know, I just – I don't hate it. I, I don't – I feel like he doesn't get rocked. And I think that's the name of the game. Outside of Alec Manoa, like, who's really trustworthy? Hardly anybody. Now, Rachel Suarez would be trustworthy if we know he had a full leash. And I think Yanoa would be, or Yanoa, I think, would be tr- trustworthy if he had a full leash. But a lot of these guys are going to have a full leash. And so it's like, okay, who can get close enough 
at, at the price. And look, I'm not saying Eliezer Hernandez is some elite pitcher. I'm saying the Angels have enough strikeouts in parts of this lineup that if he could pitch around the top, he, he has a shot at 12 fantasy points. I take it. I don't he's I, he's gonna give up some runs. We just gotta hope he doesn't get up give up five. But you know, two or three runs, four or five strikeouts, five or six innings. And I think we're we're good with that. Yeah, I, I like it. You know, 79 on FanDuel. There are a lot of K's in this Angels lineup. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Otani and Trout, uh, you know, you could argue they're the two best players in baseball across the last 10 years. You could argue, you know. But, you know, they had 29% K rates last year. A lot of red on that plate IQ tool on Roto Grinders. I mean, they have seven other nine hitters who played on Sunday had K rates 24% or worse. So, there are for sure strikeouts, um, you know, on the Angels as well. So I think that's a great call. The flip side, you have Michael Lorenzen, who was a reliever, and then he wanted to try hitting, and the hitting didn't work out, and now he's focusing on pitching again. He's 6,200 on FanDuel. Um, like, here, here's the thing. I, as I don't trust Lorenzen as far as I could throw him, which isn't very far, he throws very fast. He's very wild. You know, they thought the Reds thought they had a high leverage guy in him. Didn't work out. Uh, so he threw 80 pitches in his last spring game against the Dodgers. That That's a massive number for a spring game chief. So workload's not a concern with him, right? I mean, like, he's one of the I – don't, I don't mean this in a, in a super, like, malicious way, but he's one of the worst pitchers on this slate. But he may have the biggest leash if we're going to go with how far he's been stretched out. I mean, <laughs> that's the interesting part. How much do we value the pitch count versus the talent? Yep. At this point in time, I take Alec Manoa at, at, uh, at 80 pitches versus – this prestigious gentleman at 95 pitches. Prestigious. <laughs> can you can you play him as an SP2 and hope he survives through five? You know, Absolutely. Yeah. He Absolutely. Just, he, by some grace of God, gets through five innings, Chief. I mean. Yeah. Clean, too. Not to mention, <laughs> let's say he gets through five innings clean. <laughs> that's a lotto ticket, man. That's, that's, that's asking a lot. But, hey. Stranger things have happened. I thought the Phillies were gonna gonna light up Oakland today, and uh, that did not happen at all. Yeah, uh, you know, the Angels have a decent little bullpen too. So part of me is thinking, okay, if I'm not investing in Lorenzen, I want to look at some of these Marlin bats. Maybe I don't know how high they'll come in. No one ever wants to stack the Marlins, regardless of who's on the team. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I do have some interest in Miami. If Lorenzen's wild super early or he gets hit super early, they're not going to bring their high leverage guys in right away. I mean, you're going to get the long inning guys in L.A., which I think makes Miami, as much as I may throw some darts with Lorenzen, with my multi-enter builds, I'm saying here. Miami is in a really under-the-radar unique spot here. If you get the wild Michael Lorenzen and the long-inning guys have to come in for L.A. I agree. 
I agree. It's just I know we I know we've got to play some cheap guys somewhere, and that's why I'm just kind of settling on Bundy because I trust him the most. I mean, that's, that's really all it boils down to for me. I, I trust Bundy more than I trust these other guys. That, that's just it. For what it's worth, if you look at his fan graphs and like his month of August, which was really good last year, he kind of phased out the changeup, Chief. And I'm not sure if the changeup was like his worst pitch. I don't, I don't know, but the fact that he made changes from the beginning of the year, we saw like four or five starts in August where he had like single digit percentage of like how many times he threw the changeup the last time we've seen him opposed to like the beginning of last season where he was throwing it frequently. So it seems like he was working on some things and maybe whatever he did with his pitch arts will help a little bit here. But I, I do think Bundy is super interesting here. We have one more game tonight on the card, 945 Eastern, first pitch, Padres at San Francisco. And then we will go over our, our favorite stacks and, and pitchers. Uh, all right. You got Nick Anderson pitching for San Diego. And uh, I think you had a few things to say about Alex Wood, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Alex Wood, is at, he's on my short list of the top tier guys, right? Um, and it's just because of his style of pitching, because he's really not like a hot, he's not the Alex Wood from, from the Dodgers when he was just striking guys. Like that's the, that's really not him. Right. He, he can strike people out, but he's not Matt Scherzer, but he's got the skills to get it done. Right. And so that's why I'm saying, I take Alex Wood, he's 9,200, but I think we've got enough to play him and Manoa on DK and make it work, right? And so the name of the game is, do you think Alex Wood can get 15 fantasy points? Because if you do, and I'm talking DK scoring here, so in my mind, DK scoring is equivalent to, let's say, 30 to 32 fantasy points on FanDuel, as an example, right? And if you look at at the – the pricing. Where is Alex Wood on FanDuel? Yeah, I, I, I was trying to bring him up. They don't the have him, which is strange. Hmm. You know, but if you go to the Guru suggestions tab, he's on there at ninety two hundred. Okay, so so there, so yeah, so ninety two hundred, right? Um, and he's projected for around thirty. Um, and and that's what I'm saying. You you, you get my point, right? It's it's like. These are the things that, that we're talking about. Like, is is it worth it to play Alex Wood? I definitely think on DK, you can build with Wood and Manoa and be fine. I think I think on the cheap end, I, I do think there's immense value on this league in particular at going with uh, maybe a Manoa-Dylan-Bundy um, combo because Dylan's 5,600, he gets you 12 fantasy points. If he happens to stumble into 12 fantasy points, like you're going to feel like you're running to the bank here. But the, the downside is if, all, if these cheap guys start going into the negative, right, and you get 18 out of Manoa on DK, and 16 out of wood on DK, like those points are becoming increasingly more valuable when right now our expectation is that the scoring or the run scored aren't as high as they're going to be in the summer. 
So that that's kind of my thing with Wood. Um, but by any chance, do you know where he was in spring training? Like, do you know kind of where where he landed? Uh, I'll I'll grab that in just a second here. Um, Elliot Ramos got called up Sunday. Highly touted Giants prospect. So I don't know if he's in the FanDuel pool, but he's on DK at min price. Uh, I know we didn't get the bats yet. I just didn't want to forget to talk about that. Elliot Ramos was top 100 prospect, uh, you know, on all the lists the last couple of years. Spent a lot of time in the organization, uh, but finally getting the nod to, I don't know. I, I don't know if Sanford had an injury or if they just called him up. But he uh, batted six and played left, left field. Um, so cool. That's cool. Okay. So Lamonte Wade's hurt. That makes sense. Uh, so Elliot Ramos, interesting pump play uh, to look out for here. Um, let's see. Alex Wood. Talk to me about Nick Martinez while I find Alex Wood's pre, uh, spring training pitch count. Yeah. Well, Nick Martinez is another young guy. Um, excuse me. But I'm really not not worried about it. He's just he's just replacing Clevenger. And you know, so I, I'm not playing him for, for what it's worth, especially not against San Diego. I, I understand that Tatis is not in the building. I don't care about that. Like I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna avoid him either way. Uh okay, so Alex Wood through Four preseason games didn't crack preseason spring training games uh, didn't crack 31 pitches in any of those four, but he pitched four times. So there you go. Interesting. What are your thoughts on, on throwing four times, but not really pitching a ton? I think he probably pitches. I, I think he gets up to what, where did he top out at in the thirties? Yeah. Mm, that's tough. That is tough. You like the that's match, an odd like, spot. Like if you, you he, like but, everything, but he I'm... pitched four times. Like you said, it's, that's the odd spot. Yeah. Like if we saw, I guess if we saw the progression of 35, 45, 55, 65, we probably think there, then we probably think, okay, he'd be around 75 to 80 pitches this game. I don't think he goes past at that rate. I don't, I don't think he goes past 65, 70 pitches. Like there's gotta be, the most they let him go. He did kind of get roughed up in his last start. He made some – He they were working him up. They went from 12 to 19 to 31, and he only lasted 27 uh, against the A's. He gave up four and three in the third. So maybe maybe they had him ramping up to, you know, 45-ish, something like that, but uh, just had a bad outing. So uh, interesting spot there with, with these guys who are priced highly. Uh, still the same conversation from the first couple of days. You know, you heard it throughout the industry. Can they exceed value if they don't get like a hundred pitches? You, you know, the guys that are priced where they would be if it was May or June. It's an interesting conversation, but typically those guys have pretty good K upside. So you're willing to chase them with Noah or, or something like that. Nick Martinez, like initially, I didn't think I had much interest starting for the pods. The Giants don't strike out a lot, right? I mean, we know that. But I think he's a viable SP2 pun option on DK. He actually spent a couple of years in Japan. You know, we're getting old, Chief, because I think he's like 31 already now. But he was he went across the pond to Japan, and uh, 
he balled out in Japan. He had had a career, what, 4.7 ERA, went to Japan, and I know – I know it's a step down in competition, but it's the next best league. Uh, um, the KBO truthers are going to have my head. Uh, but, I mean, there's – KBO. Listen, uh, okay. I love KBO. KBO got us through through some really, really tough times, man. Uh, love KBO. Listen, man, Nick Martinez developed more of a pitch arsenal. Oh, I'm, I'm not – get out I'm, of here. I'm, I'm not – Stop it. Hey, man. With this Stop. slate on this slate in the SP two range for like large field stuff, like Stop it. I'm okay. Listen, if you're if your golden boy Dylan Bundy's pushing like 35, 40 percent, I don't I mean I I I like him, but I just I don't know. I don't know if I can, you know, it depends. We have to see these ownership projections and stuff like that. Um, okay. Talk to me about some of the bats in this one. Uh are you gonna target against Nick Martinez? Absolutely. 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 Listen, man, you know, if I'm not playing a pitcher, they're on my target list. Like I said, I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm not playing him. So, um, and San Diego, they do have some pieces. I mean, excuse me, San Fran does have some pieces. I'm saying San Diego because I'm thinking about uh, Martinez. But, I mean, you've got Yaz at 3,800. You know, you've got – like Jock uh, Peterson now, man. You got yeah, power Jock there. You've got Brandon Belt still. And Brandon Belt's 5,500. And this was one of the teams that we would stack last year all year and people just didn't want to play them because we're overpriced. And Brandon Crawford's 5,200. Like, this, this team is overpriced. But if you think they're going to score the runs, you better, you better play them because they're going to string them together and somebody's going to hit a home run, even in that ballpark. And they have changed the ballpark some, by the way. So I think it is a little bit more hitter friendly than it has been. Um, but I, I, I like the, the giants here in this spot for sure. And of course you got Elliot Ramos, 2k, 2k flatman price on DK. So uh, I get it. I get it. Um, I don't mind some of those investments either. Well, it looks like we ran through that interesting uh monday night slate we have here which is again uh first pitch is 6 40 p.m eastern there are two games before seven o'clock eastern on monday night for the main slates on both major sites dk and FanDuel. um all right give me your top three favorite stacks and if you need to label them for large field or whatever like go for it so uh, i'm guessing your hometown braves are somewhere on that short list chief yeah yeah and, and in fact uh, they're not my number one though, ironically, right? So I will say that Braves are Braves are two for me today. Uh, number one on the list for me today is Tampa Bay. I just I, I think I think the conditions in terms of that they're going to be playing in are really really good. I know it's not a hitter's part, but to me there's value in playing in domes right now. Like I I think there's good value in domes. Um, so Tampa Bay is is going to be number one for me. Braves are going to be two. I'm going to let you guess who my third is. It's probably not a secret because this team is probably going to be number one in everybody's hearts, and that's Toronto. Um, Toronto is definitely third on my list, but Tampa Bay, Braves, then Toronto. That That's my, my order today. And if you had to get me on pitching, it would be Manoa. And then for the price, and this is DK, this is more DK specific, Manoa, Bundy, 
and then um, uh, gee, Patino. On FanDuel, it's Manoa, Patino, Bundy, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it's a tough slate, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do I, – I plan on investing in, in those stacks that you – that you named, um, you know, Blackburn pitches the contact, likes to keep the ball on the ground. Uh, like Toronto, the Yankees have been so deep into that pen. I like Atlanta. Uh, I think Atlanta is one for me. Um, I just think we're going to – I think we're going to see the bad Taiwan Walker again. He's not going to get lucky against Philly. Brutal conditions in Philly. It was cold. I live in PA. It was cold. Citizens Bank Park was very cold. Going to warm up a little bit, though. Um, I don't know. Like I said, we're going to leave that to Roth and who am I to predict the forecast 24 hours ahead of time. But for the record, <laughs> it will get it will get a little bit warmer up here in the Northeast. And uh, I like these I like these Phillies a lot. So I'm going Atlanta one, Philly two. And, man, that's tough between Toronto and Tampa Bay for me. But um, – I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Tampa Bay, but I yeah. do like some of these. That Toronto Yankees game is like screaming uh, secondary stack, one offs, all the power on both sides in that game. Um, pitching, I'm with you. I'm on Manoa. If I'm spending up for for someone, it's probably not Wood. It's not going to be Suarez with the questionable workload. It's Manoa. Um, Fanduel it gets. It, it, I mean, like, it gets strange fast because you got Suarez at 96 and you have Yanoa at 86, and I'm a little worried about him at that price. You got Tyon against the Blue Jays. And then you get Hernandez, uh, who I think, like, per dollar is probably my third favorite pitcher at 79. There's a lot of Ks in that L.A. lineup we talked about. And uh, I don't mind Patino, but I just have this – gut feeling that flexing might might get a couple quick innings and uh i like flexing for large field stuff tomorrow good luck on this one and you know what depending on bundy's ownership is probably going to be whether or not i'm in or out i do like that it looked like he made some changes in august of last season which was the last time we saw him had a decent little spring and he's very cheap but i don't know i'm a little i'm i gotta see what that ownership is if we see it like 20 25 30 percent on dk I think I'd just rather that, but I totally get it. Um, again, also worth noting, I think Nick Martinez apparently got a lot better while he was in Japan, but that's more of a DraftKings SP2 play. Uh, if you had an X1 pitcher completely out of your pool without any thought at all whatsoever, who like, like out of the value guys, you know, like some of the coin flip guys, who are you without hesitation Xing out? FanDuel, Chris Flexen. <laughs> DK Paul Blackburn. <laughs> That's fair. I think I'm mixing out Blackburn on both sides. He just he just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, Lorenz is the wild card with that 80 plus pitch count. But like you said, what did you call him? A fine gentleman or prestigious gentleman? Yeah, Don't... prestigious. This prestigious gentleman. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's a terrible slate, and I guess. If I hit happy hour and want to throw uh, an $8 entry in, I, maybe I'll take a stab at Michael Lorenzen. Uh, all right, Chief, we got to get going. Anything else you want to bring up or mention that we didn't cover? No, sir. 
Cool. Where can the people find you on Twitter for the newer listeners? At Chief Justice 06. And of course, check out Chief Prop Shop on the Discord channel. You guys never sleep over there. You got CSGO going on at like 5 a.m. Yeah, I got to get ready for that right now. So I got six hours, actually five hours and 54 minutes to be exact to try to get this thing together for the good people of the shop. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, Chief. It's a pleasure to talk some baseball with you for once. You can find me on Twitter at the J Carlucci. Filling in for Stevie. Appreciate you guys. For the Chief, I'm the Luch. Have a good Monday and good luck, everybody.